Our mission is to discuss extraction, processing, business practices, and lessons learned with the established experts of the extraction process. This is Mission Supercritical, a service of Apex Supercritical, the leading CO2 extraction equipment manufacturer. Now, here to navigate our broadcast is a U.S. Navy veteran and the founder and president of Apex Supercritical, Andy Joseph. All right, welcome to Mission Supercritical, an exclusive radio show that highlights the extraordinary individual success story of Apex Supercritical's more than 500 customers operating in the cannabis industry today. I'm your host, Andy Joseph, president and founder of Apex Supercritical. Thanks for joining the show. Today's guest, we've got Paul Kendall. Paul Kendall, sorry about that, Paul, the CEO of Trust Capital. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we'll we'll have to start out with the the conversation, you know, lean in from the conversation we just had a couple of minutes ago. You're the uh, CEO and owner of Trust Capital, but you're apparently also the VP of sales. Uh, Can you, uh, you you want to enlighten us on that one? Yeah, so uh, being the owner of the company, I wear many hats, um, had to, you know, start from the ground up and be the one man show. And now I've grown it to um, about eight employees. And, uh, you know, having to run credit to running sales, to helping run funding, to help answer the phones. <laughs> right. You know, so, so you've gone from it. So you're the janitor, <laughs> the CEO and everything yep. in between. Yeah, I, know, yep. I know, I know that feeling. I kind of uh, lived the same thing here at Apex, you know, back, uh, back when I was running out of the pole bar and it was, uh, you know, it was everything you had to, you had to do the financial and the CEO and the sales and the, the janitorial and the welding is what I, I did at one point. So mm-hmm. I, I know where you're coming from there. So mm-hmm. you got, uh, Eight, eight, uh, eight people there at Trust Capital now. Um, give me a little bit of an overview as to, to where you guys kind of focus. Is it all financing deals for equipment or where else do you guys go? Yeah, our, our main focus and what we do well is uh, equipment financing and leasing um, for businesses. And uh, we have gotten involved and we do a fair amount of working capital loans for businesses where uh, it's a simple injection of cash um, business cash advance type loans um, that are generally suitable for people that have um, lot many transactions of like 20 or more transactions a month in their checking account and they need a inje- quick injection of capital that can be paid back you know between three and 18 months but they typically will it's a good business decision for those people that uh, can take the money and turn it around and utilize the money where they're going to increase revenues typically two to three times of what they're getting. Okay. And so they're, they're looking to buy a piece of equipment or put some, some capital into the business that'll, um, is, is it usually tangible or is it sometimes intangible? The working capital loans is non-secured just by their personal guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the equipment financing is backed up just by the equipment itself and not a blanket lien on the business, but just a UCC filing on the uh, on the asset that we finance. Okay. And then okay. the working capital loan will be there'll be a UCC filing on their receivables because it's basically an advance on their future receive or their future checking account receivables. Right. So uh, I'm going to ask you some questions about the UCC one. I got a I got a great story about UCC ones and in, uh, in our business here, with our our little brief stint doing financing ourselves. But um, tell me a little bit more about Trust First. Did you guys start in cannabis? And if you didn't, how'd you get into cannabis? No, um, we did definitely did not start into cannabis. Uh, I was real successful. You know, I'm a go getter and um, really pounding the pavement, getting after. Uh, 
uh, vendors that sell um, and distribute uh, medical equipment. So I, uh, you know, had a lot of success in providing financing for medical equipment to doctors and non-doctors, and um, more specifically in a in a in a vertical called the uh, aesthetic market, where. Uh, where people buy equipment, uh, liposuction equipment, uh, you know, glucose vein equipment, or you know, things that make you prettier, skinnier, leaner, <laughs> or, or, or bigger, or bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, all, <laughs> right. know, all that stuff. So, you know, that was a that was an you know, we still do um, we still do those transactions, um, but I was able to start the company based on my relationships that I had in that field, um, and I was able to gather good banking relationships uh, because of that and go out on my own um, and not need to be under another company's umbrella anymore. So I did that. And, and then, uh, and then I think I've been in business about four years now. So about, I'd say two years down the road, um, I started discovering cannabis equipment financing as a need because we were ranking high in the search engines for cannabis equipment financing so people started calling into us and and uh, asking about it and i'm like well this is a thing huh? <laughs> i was kind of blown away <laughs> at first i didn't realize it was a thing and uh we even even now i get callers calling me and saying you know they're surprised that you know that we can finance it they didn't realize that was a thing either but um it's very much a thing now and uh so yeah two years ago uh started getting our first calls in about it. And then, um, you know, I, I have relationships with, you know, upwards of 20, 20 different banks and private lenders and all of the banks said, no, they wouldn't touch it. Um, but I was able to gather a few private lenders and convince them that this is a good business, a good investment for their investors, um, to make in it and just had to, you know, make a case and, help them see the light that this is, you know, a viable avenue. This is a viable investment that's, you know, not going away anytime soon. And it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. <laughs> right. So you, so you go to the bank and they, they say, no, what, how's that conversation go? Did you tell them it was for cannabis equipment or did you try to say, eh, well, you know, it's for cultivation of, uh, you know, botanical products. No, I didn't, I don't try to sugarcoat things with my banks um, and try to pull the, wool over their eyes because that's just a good way to end the relationship uh so you know i just be real clear with them about what it is and what it's going to be used for and, and how it's going to be used and um you know banks that are um, regulated cannot lend to it because it's still federally illegal you know pro, uh, piece of equipment that's going to be used for federally illegal purposes so banks with their covenants they cannot touch it but um there's, you know, uh, private equipment lenders that um, go out and raise money from investors uh, can can absolutely lend to it. So that's where I started searching was in the, you know, go getting the relationships built up and secured for with the private the boutique shops of the of the equipment leasing world that are private lenders that have private money that aren't regulated. So they, no one can tell them they can't do it. <laughs> right, just, right. I help, I help them see the light, and and now, uh, you know, it's it's a good thing. 
so the so the banks say no, which you know obviously for the the regulatory issues and the federal level is why they're saying no. Uh, private finance guy, you know, private private equity guys, private family guys, you know, private lenders, they're going to say yes because they see the opportunity. Obviously, you're going to go at a higher rate. You got any similarities in your structure with you know kind of more the standard agricultural industry? Is, is there any commonality between what you do and and what you see in more of a commonplace industry? Um. I would say that well, so there's there's different products. There's different. So I have relationships with uh, four different private lenders that are willing to lend to this market, and each one has their own competitive advantages to to each to each other, and they all to, and each one looks and qualifies risk a little differently from each other. So. You know, it's kind of like I look at them as different buckets, little different credit buckets is how I look at it to begin with. Okay, how, you know, is this customer going to fit in credit credit bucket A, which is the best program for that for the customer that I hope to get them in, or are they going to go in credit B? You know, and and I and I normally you know will do some discovery with the customer before I decide that. But similarities, yeah, um, you know, the fact that uh, you know credit bucket A. Uh, is a great program where customers can get terms up to four years right now um, and own the equipment um, uh, and you know it can be written as a lease or as a, a regular finance contract if you write it as a finance contract they can buy out early and not pay any of the remaining principal which is a huge thing for any business you know that wants to structure it that way a great benefit. Um, so there's the commonalities would be um, similar terms, uh, similar. The interest rates are a little bit higher uh, because of the risk involved. Right. Typically, what do you, what do you, what are you seeing right now for a typical rate? Anywhere from on the low end nine percent all the way up to thirty two percent. And up to so is a, is the timing one year to four year nine percent thirty two you know other way around or what what are your typical times? So, uh, so it just depends on on the lender. Some one of our lenders uh, where you know if it's two three or four years it's going to be the same rate mm-hmm. no matter no matter what term it is it doesn't change. Um, we have a, we have another private lender where yeah if you go change it from two to three years the rate goes up a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, so uh, we have another one where it's just always the same depending on their time in business. Right. So yeah, uh, that's a that's actually surprising. You know, I, I I can tell you, and you probably remember, less than maybe a year or certainly two years ago, it was difficult to find a four-year loan from anyone anywhere. So you know, getting it out in the four years is is quick moving. That's surprising. Yeah, yeah, it's good for customers' cash flow. Right, right. It definitely helps. All right, so Paul, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the UCC one stuff, and and I want to dive into some of the challenges that you've seen, and you know, kind of walk through the process of, of how a customer might go about getting financing, and uh, we'll use Apex Supercritical's uh, new duplex system as the example. Okay, that sounds great. Look forward to it. We'll regroup for more Mission Supercritical after we hear from our sponsors. 
Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Get informed, get inspired, and get connected on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Mondays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical, only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Mission Supercritical. Today, we've got Paul Kendall, the CEO of Trust Capital. Paul, we, uh, we had a great conversation about how you kind of got into the industry and some of the uh, unique situations and, and you know how rates are uh, pretty favorable, 9, 9% four years. That's a pretty competitive rate to you know the rest of the industry, as I, as I do air quotes here. Um, that's great. It's great to hear that things are getting there. Um, I want to tell you a quick story about a UCC one, um, and you know, for those who don't know, UCC one is basically a um, a mechanism for the the owners to retain title. For, I guess that's probably the best way to say it. Uh, so you, you you file a UCC one, and that that says, hey, these people have this piece of equipment, and uh, you know, but they don't own it. Uh, we retain title so that if you have to go get it, repossess it, something like that, you can tell the cops, hey, they don't own it. I own it. And here's proof through the UCC-1. So back in the day, Apex actually did uh, internal financing. We didn't have wonderful folks like Trust Capital to, to do stuff. So we, we actually carried the note ourselves. Lots of customers with, you know, lots of cash flow, but not necessarily enough cash to be able to buy a two hundred or $300,000 piece of equipment. So we do self-financing, right? File a UCC-1. One day the federal government seizes one of my pieces of equipment, right? They say, hey, we're going to come in here and seize this piece of equipment because that particular guy was acting like a like jackass, right? So they seize it. Yeah. Much to my surprise, the federal government sends me a letter that says, hey, you got a UCC-1 on this. Would you like to claim it? <laughs> And I was amazed. I couldn't believe it. I thought, there's no way these guys are going to do this, right? So we go through the whole I'm process like, and say, yep, it's ours. Sword. <laughs> yeah, well, right, exactly. I was you know, scared shitless for sure. But I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, there's no way they're going to let me have this thing back. 
right? So we go through the process, right? Fill out the forms. Here's the thing. Here's all the proof. Blah blah blah. Waited about six months, and I got the I got about a seven page letter back that says. Thank you for your interest in getting your piece of equipment back. We understand it's yours. You understand that it's your, C- your UCC1. However, according to this page on your website and according to these different transactions and these trade shows you've been to and all of these activities and these publications and these articles and these magazines and blah, 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 you knew you were selling into the cannabis industry. It's federally illegal. Therefore, you're not getting it back. Thank you. Hmm. Uh, you know, take so, you to jail. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. <laughs> That's the good news. Exactly. Good news is so, you're not going to jail. <laughs> Bad <laughs> news is. <laughs> right. I suppose it would have been a lot worse. Um, but you know, it's it's an interesting perspective, and in that you know it answers one of those questions. It's almost like knowing when your gas tank's really empty, right? Where is the gauge when it's truly empty? Um, you know, I we know now how the federal government, at least you know in in theory, will um, handle a UCC one. So. Um, you know that's that's my that's my horror story yeah. about CC one. Have yeah. you you run into any situations? You know these are some pretty long terms. Yeah, actually, like luckily this? not yet. That's that's frightening. That's a frightening story, and I will not be sharing that with uh, with my lenders. And I hope they do not hear this conversation. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, that is a frightening story. But that's the harsh reality of the market, though, too. And that's also why you know rates are higher than the agricultural market, you know, or any other market. And it's a pro- until federal law changes it's going to be that way because you know these people they know and they understand the risk you know they my lenders know and understand that if the borrowers don't follow city and state uh, rules that bad things can happen to them and the part that they probably don't know is that if the federal government seizes it for whatever reason they're not getting their stuff back which is not good news for for lenders at all right Right. Yeah. So certainly, uh, certainly scary. But uh, you know, I, I hesitated to share that story because it, yeah. it happened. It uh, happened. It was. It was a good three or maybe four years ago when things were, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit sketchier. You know, they're. they're yeah. I'm not sure. It's sketchier differently today, but um, it was. It was sketchy. It made us. Made us quite nervous. And well, uh, I would say it's going to continue being that way until the federal law changes. Right, right. That's that's exactly right. One of the other big lessons learned there is if the federal government wants to know something, all you got to do is ask. Yeah, you know, they can uh, they can subpoena your records and put you through all kinds of hell. Um, so uh, don't try to hide from the federal government. Be be yeah. compliant. Be upfront. Be squeaky clean, as uh, Steve D'Angelo likes to say. So enough on that. Let's uh, let's talk about. Um, it's kind of the process here. What do you look for when you know somebody says, "Hey, I want to buy an Apex Supercritical 2,000 psi duplex system." Right? It's it's the best thing on the planet and costs two hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. It'll uh, it'll run sixty to eighty pounds of, of raw plant material per day, and I'm going to make a gazillion dollars off of it in twenty-one days, according to the return on investment schedule that Apex gave me. How do I get my $265,000 out of trust capital? Um, so, you know, all these transactions that we look at, uh, because the because of the industry and because of the dollar amount, we have to do a very thorough credit write-up to present to our, our lenders about the transaction and really, really sell it to them and really make them believe <laughs> this is a good transaction. Uh, to uh, invest in, so uh, basically, you know, we'll we it's we'll end up talking to our customers for hours um, before we end up getting to the finish line of of uh, finishing our credit write up. You know, we start out with that uh, basic questions about getting to know them and their history, 
and then we start at, we we find out what more about their project and their plan and kind of feel out their business acumen for running a business their history for running a business um you know just did they just you know roll out of bed and decide to this was a great opportunity and they went and got their dad's money and they're going to give it a go or you know a lot of those things we've seen it all now been doing this for two you know in this market for i think two years now almost and um but it's it's uh so yeah we you know we we then we we start to, after we find out more about their plan, their their needs, and who they are, and their history. Uh, then we start to look at the financial package that um, they can bring to the table and their ability to repay the loan, and uh, and just looking at their location, who their customers are. Uh, so they, you know, before you know anyone comes to the table and looking for financing for equipment, you know, really have your your business plan together. If you're a startup, um, if you're an existing company, really know your your business and your financials really well, so you can handle you know questions about why things are dipping or why things are getting better, or uh, you know just why this happened in the business. Um, what was this expense and um, in this part of your business? What happened here? So there'll be a lot of financial questions that we'll need to get answered. Uh, yeah, hey, just, just out of curiosity, what, what percentage is, is existing business versus uh, new, new startups are you seeing? I would say 80%, 90% really high is startups. Okay. Mm, and that being two that being two years or younger in, a, in the industry. Right. Start, so there's startups in the cannabis industry, uh, for sure. How many are uh, startup businesses altogether have no other operating business to fall back on fairly fairly low uh most of the people that come to this industry are already successful doing something else they've already been successful running another company they've already they have another company where they make all their money from and they look at this industry as an excellent um industry that's taking off to get in and start manufacturing and start making a lot of revenues and you know getting ahead of the curve uh, and getting their you know planting their their roots into this industry so they're typically people that have already been successful or they've assembled a you know they've been successful then they assemble a team of successful people and they're coming to the table with a good team um, but yeah we have we've gotten uh, we've gotten you know quite a few returning uh, apex customers too for example or um, they've liked the Apex equipment, and they've come back to get more. So we've experienced that a few times um, now. And but uh, a lot of the people that you know seeking financing are, are generally the startups that uh, that are just getting into this, but have a good plan and have you know good people to help run the show. Right. And what's the what's the benefit? Right. So I'm obviously the benefit of you know from a cash flow, and you not have to come up with the money, or if you don't have the money yourself, you know getting a loan obviously has those benefits. But what what are some other benefits that people are using specific to the cannabis industry? I'm I'm trying to bait you on two eighty yeah. here. Sure. Um, yeah. I was actually just gonna yeah. That would be yeah. my response. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So under tax codes uh, section two eighty e, um, businesses that use or uh, where their product is involved with a federally illegal drug, they may not um, depreciate their asset off their taxable income. So whereas an agricultural business can 
you know, buy a, a harvester or a tractor and then take advantage of Section 179 and um, accelerate the depreciation in the first year, or they can just uh, depreciate the asset over its useful life, generally five years, and, and that will lower their tax, you know, what they have to pay to Uncle Sam every year. So as, as a cannabis company coming in, and, and uh, a lot of people don't have this, this uh, what's where I'm looking for, a foresight, that um is there that enough to they just you know in? i'm gonna pay cash or i'm <laughs> just gonna you know i got a loan from my uncle and i'm just gonna um pay cash for this and I'll, i'm gonna explain to you a couple of um after i tell you what my point i'm gonna also explain to you um a loophole which will be valuable to um the listeners uh so whether they choose to go through me and and take advantage of uh, the tax savings so basically uh, if you if you lease it um, that bypasses this this uh, tax code 280e because it's now a rental expense on your tax returns. It's not a depreciating asset, but it's a rental expense. So that allows businesses to now write off 100% of their payments off their taxable income. So the simple math is they take their rental payments of the lease and they multiply it by the 12 and... Um, and then you just multiply that by point their tax rate, typically 0.32, 0.35. And that sum will be what Uncle Sam is essentially helping pay for the equipment um, under um, being able to then, you know, put it on your, write it off on your right. tax rate as a rental expense. Depreciate it as, a, as though it's a normal piece of equipment, right? Yeah. Or a, so normal, a normal industry, not a legal industry. Right. So they can't appreciate it because they're not a normal industry, but they can bypass that by, by writing a lease through my company or another one. And they can then uh, put it on their tax returns as a, as a write-off on, by putting it as a rental expense. Now, the other th- loophole that I will explain to um, everyone that you can do and that other people have been doing, but it's also a little tricky all right, wait, um, but, wait, wait. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off on that one. So okay. I want to I want to take a quick break before we get the uh, the loophole there. Right, the the advertisers okay. here are gonna appreciate the uh, the suspense, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, we'll get back to the loophole. But you know, question that, that we're gonna need to answer here as well is is it is it really a rental expense, or if there's a buyout, or is there no buyout at the end? So hold on for the answer. Wait, wait till we come back. We'll regroup for more mission super critical after we hear from our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seed, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a 
approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. What do master growers, dispensary owners, extraction artists, and infusion chefs all have in common? They'll all be in Denver, Colorado at NCIA Seed the Sales Show, February 7th and 8th. Don't miss a chance to learn alongside 3,000 of the cannabis industry's best and brightest in three highly focused tracks about cultivation, infused products and extractions, and business strategies and innovation. Network and shop for all of your business needs across 40,000 square feet of Expo 4. NCIA Seed the Sales Show, SeedTheSalesShow.com. Learning the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. Awaken, adjust, and aspire. High on Healthy. Mondays on Demand. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Mission Supercritical. Again, today we've got Paul Kendall, CEO of Trust Capital. We are, uh, we're right on the edge of our seats trying to figure out what the loophole is. So, Paul, let us, let us know what the loophole to, to help avoid having to pay the consequences of 280E. Yeah, so um, as we were saying, businesses, um, once they pay cash for the equipment, uh, they cannot um, take advantage of any um, tax savings through depreciation, um, they can try, obviously, and maybe the government won't catch it. You know, it's possible. Maybe they disguise their business with a different name, and the, maybe the government doesn't really know that they're a cannabis business, so it doesn't matter. You know, that's a possibility for the listeners. Um, but I'm not telling you to do that because that would be because <laughs> <laughs> that's like probably the complete wrong way to go about it. Because right, right. if you what, do get caught, more, you're, more you're there's, there's obviously going to be consequences. <laughs> right, right, right. We're looking for a little more legitimate loophole here. But I will tell you that I've had I have heard customers say that they will they, they want to give that a shot. I'm like, hey, go for it. <laughs> I'm not your accountant. <laughs> And, you know, and again, and I'm not your accountant, so this advice, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It's, it's just something that I've, you know, listened to from other CFOs and uh, business owners um, and companies say that, you know, the, this is how they're going to handle it when I give them advice on how to lease it and take advantage of uh, the tax savings from a lease that we spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. So the other loophole is to um, you create a holding company. And the holding company leases it over to the processing company, the manufacturing company. So now you have your holding company, which you own, and you have your lease, you have your processing company that's generating all the income, all the revenues. And now your 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 baby that's making you all the money is renting this equipment from somebody else, which just happens to be your company. That's okay. Uh, and now you're able to then put it onto your tax returns as a rental expense. Right. All right. Now, so I'm not an accountant either, but there's yeah. clearly <laughs> a difference when we're talking about cost of goods on something that's rented. Uh, you can think of that almost like consulting versus something that's leased, which implies, I think, that you're going to own it someday, right? And capitalization or depreciation is going to have different uh, handling on on something that you're going to own someday versus something that you're you're renting and will never own. Right. What's the difference? So that's a um, yeah, it's a very good question actually. So um, leases, um, there are there are two different kinds of leases. There's a tax lease and there's a non-tax lease. And uh, the capital leases are 
uh, dollar buyout leases, a 10% put lease, whereas a 10% put is it's a guaranteed you're going to pay 10% as your final payment and you will own it. So that's those are leases that are written that says you're going to own it at the end. It's predefined. You're going to own it. So you have to treat that as a cash type purchase because you're for sure telling us that you're going to own it at the end. So you right. cannot you cannot take advantages of the tax, you know, the rental taxes. Um, and and therefore you'd have to pay 280E in, in yep. that scenario. Yeah. So, so what's the other kind? So the other kind is uh, the other options are uh, fair market value buyout at the end of the lease. So at the end of the lease, you have three options. You can purchase it for its then fair market value. You can return the equipment or you can renew the lease and possibly own it at the another agreed upon term. Typically, like you can renew it for 12 months and own it at the 12 months, but you're able to take advantage of those four years of those tax write-offs as a rental expense. So um, now fair market value frightens a lot of people. Uh, they oh my God, I don't know what this thing's going to be worth in four years. Uh, you know, it could be worth the same or, you know, not much less. I don't want to pay for it all over again. So we understand that and the lessors understand that and um, lessors aren't, you know, in business to get this equipment back and resell it. Uh, we're, that's not our specialty. So what we can do is we can um, cap the fair market value at either 20% or, uh, 10% and put that as a cap this, uh, you know, and that still keeps it as a rental expense, even though there's a cap there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that helps, uh, you know, soften, you know, the, the blow at the end, um, that, you know, you're going to have to come up with some money to own it at the end. Right. Uh, right. All right. So, right. So that's a, that's a, that's a great, it's an important delineation, right? Because if, we, if you're just leasing it, and, and you don't have the proper lease documents, you still technically can't avoid the 280, right? It has to be a cost of good, not a depreciable event. So that's really important. All right, so Paul, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you I'm gonna put your math skills to test here. So we're we're buying an Apex Supercritical 2,000 psi duplex unit, $265,000, and uh, you know I'm I'm a I'm a low credit risk for you, and and your your investors like me. What's it gonna cost me, right? So $265,000 plus. What's the total cost of of of, uh, of ownership here at the end of the day? So, what term would you be? Thirty six months or? Yeah, let's let's do a let's do a twenty four month just to make things nice and simple for you. Okay. So, be looking <laughs> at a payment of around twelve thousand six hundred and ninety dollars. So, if we just multiply that by twenty four, see what we come up with: twelve six ninety times 24 you're looking at a total out of pocket of 304,000 which is a very smart business decision i mean you know right. these these uh you know <laughs> the the customers are going to be making way more money than that <laughs> right than $304,000 right. with this $265,000 investment so right. it's, and, a no-brainer. And, it's a no brainer and through the mechanism of, of you know leasing through trust capital, they can also take advantage of the 280E you know depreciation write-off, or or not the depreciation write-off, but the uh, cost of goods write-off. Yes, yes. That's perfect. That's perfect. If you structured right. as a fair market value buyout. Yes. Yeah, uh, that, that's great. So, Paul, uh, we're we're, uh, we're running out of time here, but uh, real quick, if somebody decides that they want to buy an Apex system and uh, likes your leasing mechanism, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, it can be reached at 619-202-7700, extension 100. 
Okay. And uh, how about an email address for, for those of us who don't have phones? Yeah, yeah I can. Uh, email is always great. I'm at Paul period Kendall with two L's at trustcapitalusa.com. Perfect, Paul. Appreciate you taking a, a couple minutes here today, having a conversation with me on yeah, the uh, on, on Mission Supercritical. Um, been been great having you. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate yep, the opportunity to speak to you. Yep, not a problem. And uh, for for the rest of you out there, look for other Mission Supercritical shows to learn more about Apex Supercritical's more than 500 customers operating in the cannabis industry today. Some of them work with Paul closely. Hope you can join us. And until then, happy extracting. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. 